Good morning, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Let us take a moment to turn and greet those around us. Good morning. You've got the pinch hitter up here this morning. Both Steve and Kathy are on breaks, and they deserve a break, don't they? Amen. So we have two guests with us today. One you know, Gary Waller, who is a part of our congregation on a regular basis. But the one that's probably new for you is Lynn Gifford. She is also a pastor in our presbytery, and they actually work together in the South as pastors together. So God bless you both. We're glad you're here. See, God does bring good things out of the South. We just remember. Well, when we look at the announcements today, I want you to take the connections brochure because I'm going to do it a little differently. I'm simply going to walk you through the brochure because if I try to make these announcements without this, we're in deep trouble today. So, There is a congregational meeting today between the two services. We are going to vote on the new officers for next year, deacons and elders. So please be present for the 945. It'll be a short meeting. Remember that people do wrestle with grief during this time of year, and we have a special grief group, and call your attention to that for tomorrow afternoon. And then, of course, we have the annual hospitality night that's coming up for Laguna Beach. And if you'd like to volunteer for that, we are taking volunteer names, and we'd be glad to give you something to do for that night. Next Sunday afternoon is a special concert. You can read about that. And then also there's an upcoming trip to Scotland to look at the Reformation in Scotland and the Presbyterian roots. And that meeting, um, that gathering needs to be RSV'd by next Sunday the 10th. Also remind you, as in many other things that are special for this time of year, we provide special meals for our military service people, and there's an opportunity to donate to that out in the patio. And then upcoming on the third Friday event is a special presentation on developing resilience making sure you can hang in there through the harder times of life. Next Sunday, we will have a mission event called Life Water. It is about a group that provides clean water in different parts of the world where water is hard to come by. As you know, water is the big difference for the survival and health of many, many millions of people. Then the book talk and the Operation Gratitude with our nursery school We hope you attend to those as well. 
We are glad you're here in worship today. Let us pray together. Lord, this is your day. This is your moment. We are remembering who you are and who you have been, not only in your ancient people, but in the presence of Jesus as he walked on this earth. So teach us to be your kind of people. It is through Jesus Christ that we offer ourselves. Amen. Let us be called to worship. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your works and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who works wonders. You You have have displayed displayed your might among the peoples. With your strong arm, you redeemed your people. Your way was through the sea, your path through the mighty waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. O Lord, Lord, we will will remember remember your wonders wonders and and give give you you praise. praise. And so let us do that. Let us stand and sing together. Psalm 77. For great is your faithfulness.
all creatures. All creatures of our God and King. They will sing. Lift up your voice and with us sing. All praise you. acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. And so we sing together Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. So fill me and fill me. 
let the instruments play. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, that I might serve you. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, that I might be renewed this day. Sing, so fill me and heal me. continue in prayer. O gracious and loving God, create in us new hearts. We confess that we are easily puffed up with pride. We are quick to delight in our own self-sufficiency. We have forgotten how dependent we truly are. We confess that it is easier to see the hardness of another's heart rather than to see the hardness of our own hearts. We confess that we too are inclined toward anger, jealousy, revenge. We cling to a style of leadership that serves to break down trust in our relationships and brings others down with us. We confess before you our arrogance. We think we know what is best. We are slow to listen to you. We follow our own way rather than follow the way of your son. His is the way of humility, grace, and forgiveness. O oh, long-suffering Father, forgive us, heal us, and restore us that we may be called the children of God. Hear us now as we offer our own personal confession during this silence. Amen. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel in Jesus Christ. We are forgiven. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
shall draw water with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. And on that day you shall say, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Our scripture for the morning comes from the 12th chapter of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, every human beings and animals, on all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. And when your children ask you, what do you mean by this observance? You shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord. For he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck down the Egyptians, but spared our houses. 
At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. Pharaoh arose in the night, he and all his officials and all the Egyptians, and there was a loud cry in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron in the night and said, Rise up, go away from my people, both you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you said. Take your flocks and your herds as you said, and be gone. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. O Lord, now help us with this word that you've spoken to us. Help us to understand and to live in a way that reflects your grace and your goodness and your judgment to the world. Amen. We live in a time when people eat a lot of fast food. If you read this text closely, you'll find out there are two major moments where the food is eaten quickly. It is God's version of what happens when you eat fast food. When I was graduated from high school, I had a period of time before I went to college, and I worked in my father's company as a machinist. And during that time, he gave me the family car to drive, and as I've mentioned in earlier times, that car was a Cadillac limousine. Yes, I was driving a Cadillac limousine around town. And people noticed. Sometimes noticing was not such a good thing. One day my dad asked me to go get some food at the brand new restaurant, takeout, drive through Jack in the Box. And so I rushed over to Jack in the Box, having never been through there before with this long car, and tried to drive through the Jack in the Box and discovered that long cars on tight curves don't work. And so I literally flattened out one side of the limousine on the Jack in the Box speaker pole. And therefore, it was that way until we let it go, a flattened limo, all because I was too fast getting the fast food. Occasionally I'll tell the story, but I want you to know I've not created an annual remembrance event of it. I only tell it once in a while like this. But that happened, I think, because we didn't allow enough pre-planning or pre-thinking to the circumstances of what was really going on. We handled it too fast, we were in an emergency attitude, and things didn't go right. I want you to know that in this text, the fast food is well-planned in advance. It is pre-planned and prepared. It is days, if not weeks and months, in the making. Even though the food is eaten fast, it takes a long time to talk it through and prepare it the right way. 
That's the difference between how we often do things as human beings and how God does things. God may act with speed at the moment of intervention, but there's been a lot of prep time leading up to that. There is a lot of prep time that leads up to this table. We eat it pretty quickly, by the way. We're one of the fastest communion eating tables and churches in the United States, I've discovered. I'm, that's not a reputation I want to brag about, but I just want to note it, okay? It's not about the speed. It's about all the preparation and story that goes into the preparation of the event that we relive because of the ritual. But we relive the ritual because of the importance of the story and the event. It is not about just the symbol. It is about what transpired at a point in history where God's people said, this is really important, pay attention. About a year ago, November the 8th, was the beginning of the Camp Paradise Fire, which burned 153,000 acres, destroyed 19,000 structures, many of which were homes, caused $16.5 billion in damages, left thousands homeless and 85 dead, mostly over the age of 70. This was a not a good fire for retired folks. You may have some reliving moments in the Laguna Fire of 25 or 26 years ago. In remembrance of that fire, the community has put together all of those keys, house keys, house locks, those pieces of metal on the doors that burned down, and they have put it together for there to be a sculpture formed as a phoenix, a bird rising out of the ashes, that they will live again as paradise. Those doors will never be opened again. But there are stories that come out of those moments that tell us something very important happened there. And part of it was about the fire but a lot of it was about the human action in the face of the fire. One such story. Dr. David Russell was driving toward the fire, toward paradise, in hopes that he might help some people and break through and get to his own home. In his driving, the environment grew darker and darker, more fire around him shone, and the houses around him were burning. He was stuck in heavy traffic. He was running low on gas. He decided to get out and make it on foot. He had no, no sooner gotten out of his car than he saw an ambulance stuck on the side of the road. The engine was burning up. And then he looked in the window of the ambulance and saw a woman knocking on the door, crying out, please let me go. Get me out of here. Please come and help me. It happened to be Heather Roebuck who had just given birth at the Feather River Hospital, and she couldn't walk because of her recent birth. And so he rushed over with the paramedics. They got her out of the ambulance, along with a couple of other paramedic ambulances that were there, and they rushed her into a nearby home that was not burning, but was between burning homes. 
The young woman said, I really thought I wasn't going to be alive to raise my children. And I called my husband and said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there. And Roebuck himself, or the Dr. Russell himself, was also had called his wife and said, I don't think I'm going to make it out of this. So together, several of them were in this house, and they put the woman who is recovering in a comfortable place, and they went out and decided they would personally fight the fire with household hoses. And as it turned out, they saved the house while all the rest of the structures around burned down. Now, that kind of dramatic moment needs to be relived and is being relived in the minds of the people who were there and felt like they were going to lose their lives. Those are the moments that are worth retelling, and they're even going to relive some of them in a ritual that they will do in Paradise, California. Those are the rituals that we preserve because life is preserved and life is threatened. And we sense their God moments. We sense something special happens. Yes, there are many things destroyed and many people lost, but there were literally hundreds, if not thousands of people that were preserved because of advanced planning. This past week, we celebrated Halloween. Today, we have the Sunday we call All Saints Sunday. Those two are connected. All Hallows' Eve, All Saints' Eve is what leads into Friday All Saints Day. All Hallows' Eve comes out of a pagan tradition by the Druids, where they, on a particular night of the uh, early winter, would set aside time to dress up in harsh costumes to frighten the ghosts and the demons away, along with their huge bonfires. And Pope Gregory III in the 8th century decided to do something Christian with that and attach that evening of rejection of evil to a positive celebration of the good saints who have died. In other words, we remember. It's interesting that we're still remembering more about Halloween than we all about all saints. Sometimes the dark side is preserved more than the bright side. Interesting irony in this text, you cannot find any evidence of this event in Egyptian history, although it's the major event in Israel's history. Egyptians did not want to remember this, that everything they could empower to absolutely obliterate any remembrance of it. We want to remember the things where people were helped and saved and delivered in the midst of crisis. That's what this table is about. Some of us take it as a nice meal to feel good on a Sunday morning and feel bad when we don't have it. No, it's a symbol. It's a liturgical, it's a ritual remembrance of a major event, two major events where God does something powerful to intervene and save humanity. And it's saving humanity in the face of humanity being destroyed. Let us never forget that. Without these interventions, many, many more people would have died. Without human intervention, without God's intervention, we tend to remember things where 
God and humanity intervene and save people's lives. It is a focus on how God acts when things are up against a terrible moment. And to celebrate that action that God has accomplished in saving humanity. What God did changed human history, not only in the Passover, but also in the Lord's Supper. Jesus himself celebrated the Lord's Supper because he himself, as a Jewish man, understood the significance and he realized that the moment he was enduring was somehow attached to that Passover moment where some people saw him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he knew that he was voluntarily laying down his life so that others might not die. That's what Dr. Russell thought about when he was taking that woman into the house and he was trying to preserve her life and he said, even if this fire kills me, I'm going to work to my dying moment to save other people. In fact, that is the pattern that we commit to when we take this table. The world may be in trouble, but I'm going to do everything I can until my dying moment to make sure that the goodness of God and the life that we see in Jesus Christ is spread to as many people as possible, and many people are saved from the terribleness of life and what it can do as I possibly can before I die. We saw Jesus do it, and Jesus says, do this remembering me. Not just to eat the food, but to practice the life. It's also a moment where we realize that this ritual, because we relive it, is a sign to the people around us of something greater than the rest of us. It's a ritual that resonates in humanity, and if people pay attention, their lives can be changed. Our children somehow recognize that. And built into the Passover event of the ritual was having the children ask the questions at the meal. Why are we doing this? What's the meaning of this? And the stories retold. Isn't it interesting in our culture today that Christmas, and maybe even Hanukkah for Jewish families has become less than the story originally meant it to be. And so we specialize in retelling the story and we invite people to experience it again, whether it's the Lord's Supper or the birth of Jesus. We live in an age when people talk about being spiritual but not being religious, and I understand the problem. However, there is something about being religious that you don't get from being spiritual. You don't get tables like this. You don't get events like this of worship services. You don't get regular ritual that keeps us being called back to the big story. So you can talk about your personal spirituality all you want, but you're never going to be in touch with the bigger story because you aren't in touch with the ritual and the story in history. This is the biggest critique of individual spirituality I can give. It misses the big picture. I happen to be a Grateful Dead fan. 
I am wearing a Jerry Garcia tie today. <laughs> However, in contrast to that, I'm grateful to be alive. The Grateful Dead often created songs that had spiritual substance to them, but they were always on the edge of not really believing that something more powerful than them could do it. And they happen to have one song that speaks to today. It's called The Saint of Circumstance. The singer says, This must be heaven. Tonight I cross the line. You must be the angel I thought I'd never find. Was it you I heard singing while I was chasing dreams, driven by the wind, like the dust that blows around and the rain falling down? I will never know. Sure don't know. Never know. The Grateful Dead are always very spiritual, but they get nervous about becoming too religious. An awful lot of our pop culture is very spiritual, spiritual, but nervous about being too religious. And I get that. One of my promises to God when I became a pastor, Lord, I'll be a pastor, but please deliver me from being religious. That's true. I prayed the prayer. God has delivered me several times, and you know some of the things I say in public. You say, how can a pastor say that? <laughs> because God's answered my prayer. And that's the way we want to be as a church. We want to call people to the table, but we don't want to so make this a religious experience so full of romanticized feeling that we miss the point. And the point is, God sacrificed for us to be here. Jesus laid down his life for us to be here. And we are called to lay down our lives for the people around us. Let us pray. Oh Lord, help us not be too fast with the story. Help us to lean into you and your presence as we share this table. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, hear our prayers this morning for those whose lives and property are threatened by the ravages of fire once again. Bless them and encourage them, Lord. Keep them safe. And keep the brave firefighters safe, those who struggle to keep the destruction to as little as possible. And we pray this morning for those who struggle with physical and emotional pain, those who have lost family members and other loved ones. And we pray this morning for our interim pastor, Gareth, and for his wonderful wife, Vita for the physical challenges that have been faced by them both in this last year. Remind them, Lord, that your loving and healing presence is right with them, and grant unto them your strength and encouragement in peace. And let them know how much they are loved by this congregation. Lord, we pray for our nation today. You know how we are. 
We're so divided. We're so stressed out. We are so sure that what we think about our national dilemma is right and <clears throat> those who think differently are wrong. Our differences result in name-calling, throwing lines in the sand, not speaking to friends or neighbors or family members who think differently than we do. Lord, help us all to calm down a little bit. Help us to lower our voices and lower the tone of our rhetoric and stop treating each other as enemies or as unpatriotic. But remember that we are brothers and sisters in Christ and that that is far more important than our views on any temporary disagreement about politics, as important as they may be. And remind us, Lord, that some things we object to so vehemently didn't concern us when our party did it. As Christians, what we should deem important is not whether our opinion carries the day, but that the Lord's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And remembering that God's will is always that justice flows down like rivers of water. Lord, in your goodness and compassion, heal us all where we are broken and comfort us all with the presence of your Holy Spirit. In all this old saints' day, encourage us to follow your way that joined with those from ages past who have served you with faith, hope, and love, we too might inherit the kingdom promised us in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. And part of our ritual is to go into the pattern of giving thanks by giving of who we are and what we have. So as we share the goodness of God at the table, let us share the goodness of God with who we are and the wealth that God has given to us.
give thanks. Oh Lord, thank you for the wealth and the talents you give to us that we might share them with others and give them to you for you to share with the world. And so we commit ourselves to walk in the way of Jesus as you have offered yourself, we offer ourselves. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. People will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, and sit at the table, the table of the kingdom of God. How is this meal different from all others? Well, Ellie, at this table, the story of God's faithfulness and love, we find. We remember that God's people were slaves for Pharaoh in Egypt. And with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, the Lord delivered them from slavery. 
We remember that when our risen Lord was at this table with his disciples, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And immediately their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Why do we come to this table? We come because Jesus invites us to come. Jesus welcomes us to eat this bread and to drink this cup in remembrance of him and to keep doing so until he returns. May I come to this table? Yes, you may come to this table. Anyone who's hungry and thirsty is welcome to come, for God has invited you. This is the Lord's table, so let us give thanks. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is is right right to to give give our our thanks thanks and praise. Eternal God, our Creator, you have given us life and new birth by your Spirit. Once we were not a people, but now we are your people. You claimed Israel as your chosen nation and raised up the church. As a witness to the resurrection, you continue to breathe into us your life and power. From worlds apart, you gather us together. When we go astray, you welcome us home. Always your love is steadfast. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with the host of heaven and with all the saints, the faithful of every time and place, who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Baptized as one among us, he received the gift of your Spirit and claimed his call as a servant of your reign. Jesus proclaimed good news to the poor. By the power of your word, set the captives free. Jesus is the bread of life, feeding all who hunger and pouring out the living waters of forgiveness to all who thirst for righteousness and justice, and has taken away all that separates us from you, reconciling us to you and with one another. We give you thanks that Jesus has brought us together at this table to strengthen us by his love. Send your Holy Spirit on us, and these your gifts of bread and wine, that we may know Christ's presence to be real and true and to be his faithful servants, showing your love to the world even as we pray for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Our Our Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The Apostle Paul reminds us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and he broke it, giving thanks to God, and then said to the disciples, This is my body broken for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink ye all of it. For as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we are proclaiming the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So our ushers will bring you one row at a time to the front. We have have both gluten-free and gluten bread. You can take your pick. And then we ask you to, once you've received the bread and dipped it in the cup, to return to your seats by the side aisles. If you're not able to come forward, then the ushers will note that and someone will come to you to serve you communion. So come, people who participated in this event often, people if you're brand new and have not had this meal at all, come if you're hungry and thirsty to know God, to know Jesus. And these are the gifts of God for the people of God. The elders can come forward.
Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful for your table, your presence, for you are really here, and we are really your people. Help us to live your lives as Jesus empowers us by your Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we close with verse 5 of For All the Saints. Let us stand as we sing together. That took a little longer than we planned. <laughs> That's okay. God's still in the, in the moment, and we're grateful for that. May you go in the grace, mercy, and love of our Lord Jesus Christ who laid down his life for you and for the whole world. May you go and share that as you shared this meal with the world in which you live. And if you're looking for some prayer support, you can meet with a couple of our leaders and they'll pray with you to this side of the front of the sanctuary. Go in the grace, mercy, and love of Christ. And do not forget that there is a congregational meeting in five minutes. We will start. Bye.